I'm Nick Abrahams, and welcome to Web3, From Mystery to Main Street, the podcast where we talk about how technologies like crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and the metaverse are being successfully embraced by mainstream businesses. Today, we're going to really drop into what has been one of the most successful sports-related NFT launches in recent times, and I'm delighted to have Finn Bradshaw, Head of Digital at the International Cricket Council, located in sunny Dubai, joining me here today. Finn, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. Great to be here. I really appreciate your time, and I know you could be out there working on your suntan in Dubai, but uh, you're here talking to us, so thank you for that. Uh, so, <laughs> you've, um, so, you know, Head of Digital at the ICC, cricket, whilst, you know, I, I suspect there's some areas of the world probably don't quite understand it. It is, in fact, the second most popular game behind soccer. So cricket's a big deal globally. And, Finn, you know, former journalist, uh, now leading the digital team at the ICC, and you seem like you've got a big background in sports and digital, uh, so I suspect there's a bit of a sports nut in there. Can you give us a bit of a sense about your journey uh, to uh, where you are today? Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I, mean, I love sport my whole life. And it was actually interesting, though. Like, I mean, I've now got to the stage where, you know, I feel like I'm the grandfather of the team <laughs> and I do a lot of, like, in my day kind of good stories. But, <laughs> That's one of the um, privileges of growing a bit older, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're talking, like, we're, we're putting together a bit of a deck on, like, you know, Web 1, 2, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, whatever, and we're sort of looking for, you know, sort of how to frame that for people who don't necessarily get it. And I said, well... Through my lens, like the thing that blew my mind about Web 1.0 was that you could get NBA scores on the day that it happened. Because, you know, you used to like yeah. read the, the small print in the newspaper and it would be like right. three days out of date. I used to buy like USA Today newspapers that would be like a week old from a news agent in Melbourne because I wanted to read like, you know, NBA scores. I was obsessed with basketball in the 90s. Still wow. obsessed with basketball. That is um, a real tragic. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so like, you know, so, like, I guess you know, as the world's gone on, it's always been sort of, you know, my, my interactions with technology tend to have been sort of how does it help me as a sports fan? Oh. So, you know, even not a couple of years out of uni, I remember like one of my jobs was working for the NBL, like the Basketball League in Australia, yep. and where we audio streamed every game. Um, now we're a little bit ahead of our time then because dial-up internet sort of made that a little bit, you know, hard to deliver. Well, we delivered it actually pretty well, but people just kind of weren't in that headspace where they're going to sit down and listen to something for an hour and a half, two hours. Um, but, yeah, then I was a journalist at News various places, but News Corp sort of most. And, yeah, I was really sort of fortunate to be there when, as an organisation, they really sort of turned their attention to, you know, how how is changes in technology going to affect the media business? And I was particularly fortunate initially to be there at a time where you didn't need to make money out of that. So you got to just experiment. It meant you had no resources, but you could kind of dream up some pretty sort of crazy ideas and, yeah, I think one of the reasons News Corp sort of been successful over the years is they kind of do give you, you know, a bit of freedom to try stuff and then back you if that turns out. And so, yeah, I was, I was really fortunate to have people there that really backed me, you know, around sort of, you know, things like 
we went really hard on on super coach and um you know the fantasy game yeah and, absolutely um yeah create a lot of content off the back of that which you know to be fair people in america had been doing for a long time but maybe in australia sort of hadn't been done as much and you know so things like that which would maybe a bit of an antithesis to what a media business used to do but you know they, they sort of would support that and then sort of you know after from there you know then you know again it was really fortunate that had went to cricket australia and had a you know, management team that, that really believed in the importance of technology in, in the future sustainability of the sport and and again sort of to get that support to you know because these things never happen overnight you yeah. know you, you need to sort of you know believe in the long-term vision of it and and sort of work towards that and so you know absolutely had that there and you know it, it was you know some of the best times of my life was you know at cricket australia um you know there for the ashes five nil whitewash when mitch johnson had the moustache you know there for the 2015 <laughs> world cup triumph um but also just again sort of really riding a wave of so we you know you could sort of we really felt like what we were doing was bringing this new generation this this generation that maybe had sort of drifted away from cricket back in because right. of what we were doing then went to Tennis Australia for a, a short stop off, and that was amazing. You know, tremendous organisation there, led by Craig. Um, but when, um, you know, and it would have, you know, we were just starting our journey there. But when the ICC came calling, you know, cricket was my first love. You know, it was a, a man who, a boy who had Steve War posters and Dean Jones posters. Oh wow! Okay, signed Mike Valletta photo um, on my wall. You know, so like, you know. I wouldn't have been doing justice to that eight-year-old boy if I'd turned yeah. that opportunity down. Fantastic. So, so the ICC, it was. And so the International Cricket Council, um, can you sort of give us a bit of a sense as to what, what role does it play? What's it, you know, how does it fit into, we've obviously got all the, the countries and their, and their cricket associations. How does the ICC fit into all of that? Yeah, so we're the global governing body. Um, so... Yeah, people tend to be more familiar with what FIFA does for soccer. We're, okay. we're the same. But our sort of primary roles are, you know, we supply umpires for every international match across the world. We sort of implement regulations and, and manage those. But sort of from a fan engagement point of view and from a commercial point of view, we put on the World Cups. Right. So there's ODI World Cups, T20 World Cups, um, World Test Championship, um, and then we do that. And, you know, in terms of the World Cups, we do that for men and women, plus also under-19s. So where we're different to most other sort of equivalent bodies, where FIFA has one big men's event once every four years, we have a big men's event every year. Right. Um, so the next eight-year media rights cycle, which we're currently in market for, there's a big event every every year. And and then on top of that, there's a big women's event, you know, um, every year as well, plus 10 to 19. So we have a lot more touch points with our fans than other equivalents of national federations, uh, international federations, um, which, you know, you couple that with just the size of our audience. You know, you see, like, you know, while we're equivalent to FIFA in sort of our role, you know, on social, we're essentially double their size. Um, wow. You know, and I think, Amazing. yeah, that's a you know, signifier of, the passion of our fans, but also we have regular content to engage them with. 
Yeah. God, that's amazing. Double FIFA social engagement. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, that, so, so talk us so you obviously have embraced on a, on a very significant Web3 strategy. Um, and so you, you launched the, uh, the Cricket NFT project earlier in the year. Can you give us a bit of a sense of what sort of what's the, uh, what's the background to that and, uh, you know, what's the user experience, et cetera? Yeah. So, I mean, I think <clears throat> obviously about, I remember when I started here, um, you know, I was chatting to our um, chief commercial officer, Anurag Dahaya, and, um, and we were sort of talking about crypto kitties and sort of yeah. like kind of laughing about it. But then, right. well, yeah, we, we all laughed. We probably shouldn't have laughed. We should have bought them. No, we probably should have bought them, yeah. Um, and so, we, but yeah, and so I'm like, oh, that's probably something there. And yeah. so it was on my list. Um, but then obviously, so. You know, Top Shots launched, yep. and we really had that sort of rush come. And you know, credit give credit to Top Shots where they executed that really well. And you're like, ah, oh, this feels a lot like a cricket exporting property because it's like, you know, it's, it's like collectibles. You know, like yeah. it's been collectibles already ever in sport. And so that sort of brought it back to the top of the list for us a bit, where we thought, you know, one, you know, we're really worried. We're really conscious of mindshare. You know, if people are into something, we want a cricket option there for them yep. you know we don't think cricket is just playing red you know red ball behind right. a picket fence we think cricket is you know it's all other it's all other touch points whether you're playing on the beach or whether you're playing a game on your phone you know that all sort of is bad bad is up so that we should try in that space and so where we're probably different to some other organizations is we didn't run a sort of commercial process to find a sponsor we put out a tender for, you know, an engagement tool. And we kind of were quite prescriptive around our vision for what we thought this would be. And this, you know, said like it was a fan engagement proposition. We think we think sports fans like collecting things. We think sports fans, you know, like, um, you know, a lot of it sort of, you know, I sort of described early on, it was sort of like, you know, digitising nostalgia or something, you know, like right. when I think of... A lot of what was going through my head was, you know, when I was a kid obsessed with the cricket, you know, we could go, we would go to an international game, you know, maybe twice a year. And that was yeah. to me like Christmas twice a year. And, you know, I'd always want to get the program to bring home and then yeah. I'd read over it and, sort of, you know, keep all, probably still all those programs in a box somewhere at home or, you know, with my mum. Yeah, um, you're, you're, you're lucky parents. <laughs> yes, that's right, I'm sure yeah. they love having that along with everything else from your child. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, can't combine that with just being a journalist and collecting magazines. Just, oh, right. Yeah, it's probably a fire trap. Um, but um, so, yeah, and so like a lot of us really was thinking through that lens of like these moments happen in sport that are so meaningful. You know, imagine if you could feel ownership of that. I felt like that was a powerful kind of concept. And, you know, and this is where the scarcity that you can create through blockchain makes it interesting um, because you had to, you know, once we started talking about that internally, you know, the thing you have to overcome is the people can go and watch it on YouTube. Why? Right. And I'd say, well, yeah, you can go and buy a print of the Mona Lisa, but no one thinks that's the same as owning the Mona Lisa. So, you know, so, and then sports fans have always been comfortable with that. They've always been comfortable with, you know, you buy a um, Tops trading card and yep. Tops tells you it's one of 10,000 and you believe it. Like yep. there's no proof, but now there's proof. So anyway, so that was sort of really our, our sort of thinking on it. 
We ran it, um, you know, I think Fan Grace would agree, at an exhaustive process. Um, <laughs> and and so for us, it was really sort of focused on that, sort of getting to know the partners. We were fortunate. We ended up with, I mean, we had, I think when we put out an initial expression of interest, we had maybe 54 people respond to that. Wow. Different organisations. Okay, that's and a lot. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, and then we will, and then we said, okay, if you're interested, here's what we want from you, right? And that cut it to about seventeen. Okay, we really wanted diligence on how are you going to do it, yep. what's the size of your organisation, give us cup and all that sort of stuff, because we didn't, we knew there were a lot of sort of pretty small organisations, and if they weren't well funded, you'd worry about the pump and dump and all that sort of stuff. So, did a lot of due diligence both in the organisation, but also on their their vision and we ended up with sort of you know I'd say three really compelling partners that we thought any of them could do a great job and then we sort of narrowed it down from there um and you know that's you know where you know I'm really pleased now where we're at with fan craze and that you know we found an organization that really shared our view of this that this is going to be a really central pillar to sports fandom in the future Right. We we both agree that it's going to change, and you know we're not sure what it'll be, and we're going to experiment. But we also don't need to. We don't want to pressure ourselves to try and be enormous immediately. Right. You know, we're really confident because of our channels and this you know passion for cricket that when we go big, we'll be big. But let's get that product right first, because yep. yep. there's a lot of barriers for people to overcome just in you know, in terms of what is an NFT and what is, you know, what is, um, you know, the, the whole, that whole space. And if they also then come and the product isn't very good and we haven't kind of refined that, you know, it's going to be hard to get them back. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so that's, you know, so we're sort of six months in, we've been, we, we've got a really, you know, passionate core community. Um, you know, that, our Discord channel I reckon is, you know, the most positive space I've ever seen in sport. Like really, and 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 that, and that would make that would be slightly unusual for Discord as well. It's um, well, yeah, that's it, right. It, it, it can be a uh, sort of a gloves off environment in that, but it's it's yeah. really a positive environment. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think credit to Fan Crazy because they run the Discord channel, yeah. um, and they've been really responsive all the way through and very transparent on on things because. You're going to make mistakes, you know. Yeah, like our first, our first drop, we probably didn't get the sort of queuing mechanism right, right. and you know, and, and they were just they just owned it and then changed it for the future. And so the community, I think, sort of feels quite, you know, they feel some. Then what they say there is important, but then you'll see people like you know when we first did for International Women's Day, we did our first pack drop for women's um, right. women's moment, and you know, most people in there were like, I don't know anything about. Women's cricket, you know, you know, I got it. I just got an Elise Perry. Is that good? Right. And right. you see other people saying, "Oh my god, yeah, you know, she's the best player of the last ten years." Um, oh, actually, on the yeah. Discord, so people were being, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, you should also look out for X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And so, you know, it was amazing to see one people being, you know, really kind of nice to each other and sort yeah, of helping friendly. each other out. Yeah. But also, you know, because we see this as a tool of growing. You know, passion for cricket, and and so to see people talking passionately about women's cricket was just amazing too. Yeah, how how many how many folks do you have on your Discord channel? 
New... I actually don't know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, but a lot by the sound. Yeah, it's not huge. Like, not compared to, you know, I mean, we're used to talking of 100, you know, like we had 100 million people come to our website now last year. We we reached about 300 million people on our social. So, like, we're talking big numbers. So, whatever our Discord is small to us. Right. Um, but, as I said, that's that's not really our measurement at the moment. Our measurement yeah. is, you know, like, so we've started doing sort of the flash challenges, which is, we can get into this little bit, you know, basically little games that sort of provide a bit of utility to your product and incentivize movement of the asset, you know, of the NFTs yep. between peers. And, you know, and so, you know, we sort of look a bit more at sort of how is that going? You know, are we increasing engagement as those go along? You know, we tweak them, we try different things. And so that's sort of more what we're interested in and sort of is what's the community saying about the new features we release rather than, you know, getting enormous scale. You know, once, again, once we sort of hit that, then your more sort of traditional business metrics around ARPU and MAU and stuff like that will start coming into play. Yeah. So so you touched on that a little bit around the utility proposition. So I guess from the user's point of view, so they um, so they get a uh, they get a drop. I gather it's uh, it's similar, I guess, to what they did with Top Shot. So you'll get you know a few. I, I think it's five, and and it's sort of random, but different different um, levels of uh, player and so forth. Um, what are the utility? I'm particularly interested. You sort of touched on vaguely the play to earn aspects of um, uh, yeah. So we're not. So yeah, at the moment. Um, yeah, so, yeah, when you get a pack, it varies. You know, the packs have different values. Therefore, they, it varies in terms of how many moments are in there and how scarce, you, you know, your, your opportunity of getting a scarce moment increases right. with a, a you know, more expensive pack. Um, but there's always an element of randomness in there. Um, the, you know, we've brought in a few things recently, like where, you know, sort of starter packs that are sort of, you know, a bit cheaper, but you don't right. get, you know, have a particular rare ones to sort of get people going on it. Um, yeah, the first of real utility we brought in are these flash challenges where you, you know, have to create a collection that has a certain set of, um, you know, requirements. You mm-hmm. might need, you know, players from certain countries or captains or whatever to sort of create it. Then, you know, over a period of time, there are, points allocated depending on a variety of factors and then there's a winner and, you know, the winner of that gets access to, you know, maybe an NFT that they can't get otherwise. Right. We're not actually, like, sort of, you know, rewarding people directly with, with money at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, and I think we'd probably stay away from that. Like, yeah. you know, it's meant, to be, it's meant to be a game, you know, it's more of a game fan engagement kind of thing, not to say that they won't, you know, but, you know, we're not. Yeah, we, we we want people to be in engaging with these things because they love cricket and they right. do it and then you know maybe there's a financial return at the end of it but i think if that's your primary thought that's going to make you that's going to cause some decisions that i don't think is going to be good for the yeah. in the long run um and yeah and so yeah and then you know where but where we do think it can get really interesting when you combine, you know, sort of what fan craze has built here and then think about, you know, us as people who put on 
you know, some of the biggest events in the world. Yeah. What could we provide, you know, in the real world that would give people, you know, who have, might have certain things utility? We don't know what that is yet. We're sort of working through that. We need to work out what's valuable to the community. But we definitely think that there's, you know, we, we want to get to a point where, yeah, that you're getting real world, you know, utility out of not every crypto. That's what we, you know, that's what our NFTs are called. But, you know, if you either get to a certain level or you get a certain one, you know, that that, that gets you maybe something in perpetuity or, um, you know, gets you access to certain things. So we need to work that out, but we absolutely think that's where we'll end up. Um, but, yeah, obviously it's... Not, not, not a trivial matter to sort of sort all oh, that stuff out. Absolutely, um, well, I think everyone's learning, aren't they? It's uh, and yeah, building right. on the value proposition. But I don't. Yeah, but I think otherwise, you know, like you have to think about sort of what what separates the ICC yep. from any other you know sports entertainment property, and you know one of the reasons I think that our we we can base something around moments is anything that happens in a World Cup has great meaning you know yeah. like even if obviously you know if you're Donny hitting a six that wins a world cup for india on home soil that's a pretty meaningful moment to a billion people yeah but but even if you're you know a, a bangladeshi fan there's things that happen or an, an irish fan or, you know you know sort of thing, teams that have not necessarily had the greater you know have the ultimate success in world yeah. cups there's moments in there but if that happens in a normal run-of-the-mill match, you know, it doesn't have, but, you know, hitting a, a winning run in a World Cup match will always be meaningful to, to that person. Yeah. So we, we've got that benefit, you know, that, and then we, you know, organise. And so it's flowing through that then, you know, we put on these events that are absolutely iconic, that if someone goes to that, you know, that's a bucket list moment, that's a thing they remember for the rest of their lives. So what can we do in terms of, you know, rewarding our community essentially through sort of some kind of utility based around that. And that's sort of where our head's at at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're part of a very exclusive club and and there are opportunities to be had. Is there is there an opportunity there for your – you've obviously got a lot of sponsorship partners and so forth. Will they be adding to the utility proposition for the NFT holder, do you think? Yeah, we haven't quite sort of started that conversation, but it's one – we do plan to have with our sponsors. I again, like I think, yeah, I really think there's a great opportunity there because, um, you know, the, basically, you know, when I think of things like, you know, in the past when you run competitions, a lot of the difficulty often is someone wins this prize, and but it, maybe it's in six months' time, and you got to like track them down and. You know, sort of, sort of all throughout, and this is where the benefit of sort of blockchain and sort of the ownership and who owns those things makes that easier. And then again, you know, and and sort of adding to that, you know, the reason why people want to be partners of the ICC is that they want to be, you know, they they want to be associated with these events and they want to, you know, talk to passionate cricket fans. And I, and I think this gives them a really unique way of doing that. This isn't going to be right for all of them, but yeah, yeah we, we really do want to sort of flesh out. It is is there um, you know, an opportunity where this will sort of you know add to the strategy that they're trying to execute? Um, 
you know, in the same way that 15 years ago, you know, you'd sort of have to educate sponsors on what social media was. Right. Yeah. yeah. And why and why that's going to complement, you know, because it's not about ever about replacing, you know, like the best way to reach a large number of people is still TV, you know, like. Yeah. You know, if you look at in terms of watch time or whatever, it's the, the big daddy, it's the thing that cuts through it, you know, reaches an enormous audience. But then, you know, once you start getting down and wanting to sort of talk to smaller subsets or you want to talk to people in different ways or, you know, in, in different environments in that person's life, then, you know, those other channels become really powerful. Yeah. And, you know, and so, and so we see this as a really interesting extension of that. Um, but, again... You, you want a partner who also understands that we're on a bit of a journey. Yeah, no, yeah, I think that's right. I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bold adventure for everyone at this stage. The just as a, I guess, a segue with that. So you know, you're talking about you know your partners, so who are I think for the most part, you know, very large business to consumer brands, um, and we've seen the NFT world sort of, you know, obviously there's the board ape. Sort of side of things, which sort of, you know, you know, it's a little difficult to understand the valuations. So, but where we've seen a good amount of uh, traction in NFTs has been corporate NFTs, particularly as sort of an expansion of the loyalty program and so forth. Um, so, do you have a sense of, you know, with what you're doing, you have we we know that to have a successful NFT drop, you need to have effectively a community and sports. As a community, sports has fans, so you've got a natural built community. Whereas, you know, big B2C brands don't really have a community as such. They have customers and a lot of them, but, you know, I don't think they necessarily think of that world as, as community. Have you got any thoughts as to how, you know, and whether it's using, you know, maybe they, they sort of piggyback off, uh, you know, the, 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 your NFTs, your cricket NFTs, or they, you know, they're obviously a lot of them are minting their own. Do you have any thoughts as to, you know, how you see the NFT world rolling out for the big B two C brands? Yeah, I mean, so to, to so to your earlier point, like you look at what some of those, let's say, PFP um, NFT projects, yeah, and they're, and they're trying to create this sort of sense of belonging, and you know, um, you know, this idea that if I've got a certain one in my Twitter bio, people can tell something about me. That's what sport does. And sport already has all that. Um, And I would say, you know, has, you know, um, you know, I guess it's grounded in something that's going to exist beyond sort of what a lot of those ones will. So, you know, all all the others are kind of creating what sport's already got, which is why I think sport makes a lot of sense in this space Um, and, you know, and also that whole idea of collecting and stuff like that. So to your point, you know, why why does a brand become a partner of a sporting event? Uh, And, you know, they they all have different strategies, but it tends to come back to that they there's something about that fan base, that community that, you know, they want to talk to them. And they think that, you know, like, you know, that being associated with whatever is the right property for them will enable that conversation, you know, to go better. And, you know, and so that's when, you, you know, we look at all of our sponsors, you know, we, before every tournament, you know, what, what are you, how are you going to measure outcomes? Right. You right. know, how can we, 
help you hit those and they all have you know different sort of strategies and particularly on digital you know on broadcast it tends to be you own an asset you've got your logo there on digital we can really shape that and so you look at you know some the way we work with different partners you know someone like um you know dream dream 11 our fantasy partner you know we recently did this like whole content series on dream big on these sort of you know so really sort of emotional sort of uplifting stories right. we roll out as a video series you know and that's it's a very different outcome you're looking for that than putting a logo on the best shot of the day you know right. like it, right. it they're all true so so um you know and so in the same way that um you know for some brands just reach and they want to you know reach as many people as possible but others want to talk to certain communities in certain ways and you know and this is where i think sort of this you know, Web3 will enable that um, conversation to happen, you know, to a, a really, you know, to a certain um, section of the community, but also enable that to sort of, I guess, be an ongoing relationship um, and, to, um, you know, to to sort of and you make, it, make it a more permanent relationship, I guess, because you look at social media as the main way at the moment where you sort of move from really mass to, you know, a little bit more, but it's not one-to-one and it's yeah. not... You know, and it's yeah. And there's a lot of stuff about social media that isn't you know the nicest environment at times. Whereas you know, I think you know, to your point, like whether this becomes a sort of membership loyalty program for us or not, I'm not sure. But it's definitely the idea is creating a really sort of positive, passionate cricket community, and then for some brands, that's going to work really, really well for them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned at the outset about that you're choosing part, the partner, the right, um, I guess, technology and delivery partner, and so you, you went with Fan Craze. Uh, it seems that this is almost the most critical decision for any organisation because I think very few organisations have in-house the capabilities to not only deliver the technology, which isn't isn't super difficult in some respects, but but the whole approach, including the development of the community, and you know, you mentioned that FanCraze is managing Discord, etc. Um, can you talk a little bit about about FanCraze and and who does what in the relationship? Are you do you just sort of hand the assets over, or is it how collaborative is that? Yeah. So um, in terms of like the technology, you know, that's, that's all run by FanCraze, but in yeah. terms of shaping the product. I guess we sort of talk, we work quite collaboratively on our sort of the strategic aims and then, you know, they execute on that. Um, you know, they're, um, but, you know, we, I mean, I have twice weekly meetings with them myself. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That's very intense. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and part of that's just my interest in the area. <laughs> um, but, but it's also... You know, we're conscious, like compared to other more mature areas where, you know, like so with Dream, you know, we, we have regular meetings with them, but you don't really need to work through what a fantasy product looks like and, right. and what are we going to try on that. But, you know, with this one, you know, after each drop or each new feature release, like we just we want to review it and see how it's going and then sort of work out how can we best support it. So broadly our responsibilities, you know, we're there to promote the cricket community and once they've sort of landed on the platform, it's up to fan craze to, to look after them. Right. You, you know, there, but it's also new, you know, we 
we're constantly sort of adjusting what we do and how we talk about it and you know what we you know what are we putting to our community you know and then sort of how that's impacting so um and you know they're coming over next week for you know doing a two-day workshop with us to sort of really looking ahead to the world cup um and planning that and again we do that with a lot of partners um but you know with this one we're leaning in a bit more because we think it's going to be important for us going forward um and but also you know we 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 realize we need to sort of lean in a little bit harder than maybe some of the others to make sure that the execution is um as good as it can be yeah yeah no and i your enthusiasm is is sort of well understood and i think you know you just look at the raw metrics if you can believe what you can read which possibly you can't but top shots last year i think they said that 700 million us dollars worth of top shots changed hands in a year so obviously you know there's a there's an extraordinary new revenue stream uh on offer here can you, can you talk you know not not in any uh, great detail but just are you, are you happy with with how the um the metrics have gone is it is it as you expected it, it would do and i guess um you know also is there anything that happened in the whole project that surprised you um yeah like we're really happy with where it's at and like and you know the biggest risk you know fan is a startup um yeah. you know, we knew some of the people involved from other projects but was risk but you know they've they've been fantastic you know on all, all levels the thing that surprised me was how quickly they launched like really you know, when okay like we signed the agreement in, in November <gasps> and we launched our first um, pack drop in January. Yeah. And like I, I've been in, you know, technology or digital for a long time and like I've had websites that have taken a year oh. long. And, um, you know, and let alone, you know, they, you know, getting the all the payments and the mm-hmm. registration, and, you know, like all that. So like speed to execution of a, you know, pretty good quality. Like, you know, I think mm-hmm. our products now, it's comparable to most of them out there. Um, that That's probably been a surprise to me. So, like, credit to them. I know they don't really sleep much. Uh, so, um, <laughs> They've got the startup know, like, culture going. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, which is awesome because yeah. you can, like, on a Saturday go, hey, guys, there's an issue here, and right. they're all, they'll be back on Slack within minutes. Um, right. And so, yeah, and so... Um, yeah, that's probably been the biggest surprise. But, you know, as I said, sort of the, um, you know, but, you know, in terms of like, you know, kind of community growth, like, you know, uh, you know I'm not, you know, cautious about actually sharing numbers, but we think it's pretty strong. Like yeah. we think sort of, you know, if we, from what we know of other people, and again, because we don't feel like we we haven't really gone hard on marketing yet. Right. So, um you know, we, yeah, we're pretty optimistic on that. Um, and, you know, we've, you know, we made, we don't, you can't use crypto on the platform and we made a deliberate choice on that. And so that's means we haven't really been hit by the crypto implosion yeah. because people are just trading in fiat. Now, you know, everyone's going to, there's going to be some realities in the world around less disposable income, but we're not being hit by that thing where people's, you know, to spend on our platform, they had to convert our crypto anyway. So, you know, so, and again, we sort of feel like that's really important to, you know, you, I was reading, you know, one of some new NFT project recently and they're like, they tried to do it really simply for 
you know, users and say, now the first thing you need to do is go and find a, you know, a platform to convert <laughs> it into crypto. And like, you've lost 95% oh, yeah. of people right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you think about one click ordering, that's, uh, that is not one click. Oh, yeah. Ordering. Then you've got to set up a wallet. Then you've got to, like, oh, yeah. oh my, you know, like I'm into that platform and that's a headache for me. Yeah. Um, and like, and, it, and it's still like, I would say it's inhibited. Yeah. To me, um, because, my oh. investments in that space are not maybe going as well as they were six months ago, you know, and so am I going to put more money in there? No, I'm not going to do that. So, you know, like, yeah, I think it's, yeah. So anyway, the, all, all of that means we're, yeah. we're really, you know, and I said, like, the, the thing that excites us is the engagement levels and, yeah. you know, and, and people aren't, you know, people are staying on the platform. We're not seeing, you know, a huge churn and stuff Brilliant. like that. So, yeah, no, it's fantastic, and yeah, look, I I, I hear you on um, on what crypto has done in our investments uh, over the last couple of months. I think uh, you're perhaps like me when it's when the market's like this, you just don't look at it. <laughs> I can't look at it. It's uh, we'll leave it alone. Yeah. Um, maybe just to finish on a note, which is really you know, you, I mean, this is one of the you know world leading projects of its kind but where do you where does the icc go to from here you know we've got obviously there's the metaverse and so forth that we're going to see a cricket world cup in the metaverse how how do you expand yeah so i mean we always sort of try to come back to you know what what do fans want what do they need you know what's not being served for them at at the moment and um yeah, and so like I think you know a lot of that metaverse stuff you saw quite an acceleration of that yep. during COVID when you know, particularly like from say a sponsor entertainment point of view, you couldn't do what you're normally doing, so you're looking for new sort of solutions for that. Um the um yeah, so the I think yeah, I think it is interesting. You know, I saw there's a you know another big concert in, in Roblox, you know, recently, you know, like the the there's definitely there's communities in there that you can probably the best way to reach them is through those platforms or environments where they where they are. And so, you know, maybe you know, metaverse platforms will become that. You know, I would you know, we definitely are seeing, you know, some of the stuff we're researching with fans at the moment is they're looking for environments where they can hang out with other really passionate cricket fans. Okay. And and they're, you know, they're looking for that sort of way to sort of navigate through that and find it. And, you know, Discord and Reddit and places like that are serving that to some degree. But we do think there's sort of something else that can be delivered there. What we need to work through is are we the best people to deliver that for them? Right. You know, is it, is it, you know, is it going to make more sense than someone else? Um, and, um, you know, and then... You would probably still come back to interacting around the world ICC event because that's sort of you know that's that's what we do and we own and we need to then sort of work through how that might how that might come about. Um, there's a lot of might in that answer. <laughs> you know, the short answer is sort of yeah. Um, we'll kind of you know continue to monitor and assess, um, but be driven by you know what are fans telling us. That they're, you know, that they're that's missing in their fandom, yeah. Um, or by is there communities that we think, you know, are interested in cricket but aren't being reached by current 
platforms and that, yeah, maybe that's a, that's a new way to do it. So yeah, we're not, um, we're not, a, the, we're not the biggest team here. So we need to be quite selective yeah. on sort of where we put our energies. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we think that, you know, the, the, we've just got these really, the cricket's got these amazing sort of intrinsic um, assets in terms of passion, large fandom. Yeah. Even the nature of the game is quite good for digital in terms of it's all quite, you know, there's distinct moments and yeah. you can kind of pick in and out and things like that. So we've got all these, you know, so we, we just need to work out how we best serve fans to this emerging technology. Um, but I think, so we'll just, yeah, we'll wait and see a little bit on some of those, but we'll, we'll move quick once we, we feel like there's something there that we can do that fans will really resonate with. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Finn, thank you very much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Finn Bradshaw, Head of Digital at the International Cricket Council. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, congratulations again on just a brilliant NFT project. And uh, we wish you all the best uh, with both that project and uh, all of your other Web3 exploits. Thanks very much, Finn. Thanks, Nick. Speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to Web3 from Mystery to Mainstream. Nothing in this podcast is legal or financial advice. Have a great day. And remember, every organisation needs a Web3 strategy.